another very special episode. Sean, fuck off. Sean, our producer, is doing chemical warfare in the kitchen. He's it's got crop gas. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> so, how's everyone doing this week? <coughs> got the black lung. <laughs> I got the black lung pop. <coughs> I'm doing okay. <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> I just got back from class, traveling the world to get here, and it's cold as fuck outside. Yeah, you took like three buses. Yeah. That seems and like a lot of buses. You. Too many it was, buses. I had to come get you. It was several buses. But actually, my grandmother drove me to Guelph. So, so I, I had something to announce last week that I totally forgot, and then I remembered today, and I'm really excited to tell you guys. When I was in Italy, I had the opportunity, the privilege, even, (laughs) to use a bidet. Oh, (gasps) hell fucking yeah. (laughs) Please elaborate. Okay, so yeah, initial thoughts on it and then afterthoughts. (laughs) And during. Initial thoughts was that I didn't know it was a bidet. Like, I thought they had two toilets and one was a weird toilet and one was a normal toilet. So I just used the normal toilet. So you shit in the bidet. (laughs) (laughs) So I shit in the bidet. <laughs> so then my colleague was like, no, that's a bidet. And I was like, oh my God. And I had no plans on using it because I didn't just feel comfortable and I didn't feel like I was ready. And I remember when Sean was explaining he used a bidet once long ago. And I thought, like, the way I pictured it was like, it was like a fountain that comes from the bottom and like sprays up your butthole, which I think would be really unpleasant. <laughs> Directly up thought it your butthole. Yeah, not a it sensation is an I'm looking for. machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then um, I had, I was just power drinking espressos the whole time because they're really good there and I was jet lagged and I just needed to have a lot of them and that made my digestive system weird. At the Airbnb where you were staying at, not a lot of toilet paper, I said, you know what, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to use it. And it was actually really nice. It's it's not a fucking spray upwards. It's like more of like a shower for your butthole. It's like, like it a water down. fountain do that you, you like drink from on your butt yeah. though with like a little bit yeah. more force. Do you yeah, get to exactly. choose the temperature of the water? No, you get mm. what you, but it's it's lukewarm. You get what you deserve. I lived in a house temporarily <laughs> that had one in the house. Whoa. But I was too young to really understand. <laughs> yeah. So you've been near a bidet, but you've Dylan's, never been Dylan's house has a bidet in the bathroom, but like it's been broken for many years. And obviously he lives with a bunch of dudes. So it's just full of like pubes and dust. I can imagine that. Honestly, every time I have to go to his house, I'm like, you better clean the bathroom before I get there. I'm going to fucking be pissed, man. It's so gross. Dudes are so gross. Men's bathrooms always have stray hairs everywhere. I know. It's like, how do you do that? I don't get it. Soap scum? I don't understand. Jenna, how was your acting class? Oh, yeah. <laughs> last last week, you're like, okay, I have to go to my acting class. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still like reveling in it. And um, it was it was very interesting. Um, so the whole idea, it was called like a sound and movement class. And you're basically supposed to like leave your judgments outside. And it's like this tight knit group of people. And you a lot of the exercises were just moving your body in different ways and making like repetitive noises. And then the teacher would like clap and be like, now change. And then you'd have to like change what your body was doing, but it was supposed to be like natural and you weren't supposed to think about it. Um, (laughs) But it was very, (laughs) it was really hard to leave my judgment at the first little bit. Cause like I walked in and this girl was like, oh, hey. 
Are you auditing this class? And her name was, I'll say Moira, but it started with an M. It wasn't Moira. Moira. And then I was like, yeah, I am auditing. And then she said, oh, are you an actor? And then I said, no. And then she said, oh, well, what do you do then? And then I said, I'm between things. Oh, my God. You should have used made- that opportunity to say you were disabled. Yeah, I know. But I'm I totally feel like it wasn't I feel like that. it wasn't the right crowd. Um, <laughs> True but enough. immediately True I felt enough. like I felt pressure on myself when it's like it, in general, like it turned out everyone was like really sympathetic and stuff. But I was like immediately called out. And then like I felt very anxious afterward for a while. Um, but it was it was as I said, just very interesting. Um, There was a time where at the end of it, you had to stand in front of the class for four minutes and move your body and make different sounds for four minutes. And I had like, I had like a fucking breakdown mentally. And like, teacher was like, yes, work with it. What are you feeling? What are you feeling? I was like, I'm so scared. And I was shaking. And she's like, good, keep going. And it was, um, (laughs) yeah, but it wasn't, I thought it was going to be more devastating, but everyone kind of had been in my position before. So yeah. I felt, Honestly, I, like, I felt embraced by cool. the acting community. <laughs> yeah. It sounds kind of cool. Like in no way could I ever fucking do that with any of you guys because I would just literally poo my pants looking at you do that. But if mm-hmm. I went to one of those alone, I think I could definitely get into it. And just because I think it's really important as a human being to sometimes just fucking feel like an idiot. You know, it's very humbling. Yeah. And the whole idea, too, um, like we had we did a reading and it was on like embarrassment and shame and kind of like taking other people's expectations of you out of the equation. And it's just like this like safe space where like things that we may want to do or like we suppress all the time like sounds that we want our body to make or maybe we don't know our body wants to make um, because of being out in society we're able to free them in this space so people were like walking around me like cackling and screaming and at first it was very overwhelming and then it was okay I feel Um, like I would default to like you can't see me do this but I'm like doing a bird thing and going and then you have to switch it she'll be like I, I, that's all I yeah. got. That's the only oh, sound I effect forgot. I got. I went to look at houses this week. Whoa! Yeah. Brayden just leaves out this huge life-altering forgot. detail. It was fun, but I had to pee the whole time, and I like for some reason assumed I wasn't allowed to use the washrooms <laughs> in the homes, so I was very uncomfortable. I do feel uncomfortable using washrooms in the homes, but like definitely don't want to do number two. But no, fucking, I didn't do that. When I was looking at um, apartments in Sudbury here, when my mom and my cousin came with me, literally like every apartment we went to, we'd be there for two minutes because you know how getting an apartment is. You look around and then you like ask a few questions and you're gone every single time they'd be like can we use the bathroom and then they just use it I'm like mom like please stop like my whole family just using the bathroom one after each other in like a five minute meeting i was like please can it wait like fuck ainsley i'm dying to know how your presentation went um it went okay because the the presentation which I kind of find annoying, but he wanted, my teacher wanted it to be a quote-unquote creative um, presentation. So he was like, I encourage you to do something like off the beaten path. Like, of course, you can come up here and do like a PowerPoint, but you can just, you can make a video. You can like make like a TV show. You can do whatever. So I made a podcast. (laughs) 
So like, yeah, half of my presentation was just me standing there while my voice played, which in the end I hated. So I will never do that again because I was like, I want to stand in front of a class while my voice is playing over the loudspeakers. And I'm just like standing up there like this is my voice. Like, it was very weird. But can you can you tell the listeners what your uh, presentation was on? I feel like the topic's important. Um, yeah, it was on a reading that this guy made about the significance of bullfighting, like not from a negative or positive point of view, just explained kind of in like the symbolic and cultural meaning, which was just a load of fucking bullshit to me. It was just like playing into male ego, essentially. It's like, oh, I must defeat the bull who signifies nature and I must be the dominant human being. I'm like, why don't you just slap your dick on a dead bull and walk away? Like, it, it's the same fucking thing. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I just, it's just Did you say that in your presentation? Me. Oh, fuck yeah. No, obviously <laughs> not. But yeah, and then I just like explained a few other things. And then <laughs> my conclusion page on my PowerPoint, I put that there's like this funny picture of me when I was in Scotland on a mountain and there's like a bunch of bulbs behind me that I had to walk through. So I like put that picture up and I was like, all right, here's a picture of me with some bulls. <laughs> It was weird. It was weird, man. But it was my first presentation back in university after like eight years. So I was like kind of nervous about it going in. And then I got up there and I was like, oh, you guys are all little babies and I don't give a fuck, you know? Yeah, I was so nervous when I the first time I had to do a presentation in grad school. And then I uh, got. (laughs) (laughs) No, sorry. Brayden just got up for some water, and I was concerned for a second that <laughs> there was like something happening. Emotional times, an emergency. Like she looked really concerned. Yeah, this but then you just get used to it, and you're like, wait, who gives a shit? Because yeah. like when I'm watching presentations, I don't like care. Yeah, me neither. What people are saying, and like, like someone... this was for my animal studies class, and the girl who presented after me. Um, she like the reading was on dog fighting and how it like feeds into like male ego essentially and you're supposed to present like the author's main arguments to the class and explain them and kind of start a discussion kind of thing but she went up and she just played these fucking videos that had a bunch of clips of literal dog fights and everyone was squirming I started crying it was just fucked and we were all like and the guy behind me was like why is this like somebody needs to stop her and we were all just looking at each other and like the teacher literally was like I know and the teacher literally had to stop one of her videos halfway through and be like okay I think we should stop that there and she's like okay Fuck. So yeah, school's been great. Good <laughs> um, lord, everyone. Busy weeks. <laughs> double double. I think it's time. Good lord. May the double double save us from our dark souls. Hashtag broom challenge. Oh yeah. This is I don't uh, ever know about crazy. these challenges. So what, what is this one? Painsley, <laughs> you 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 responded in a way of like, ugh, so you must know something about it, Brayden. You also had a look of knowing. Um I just I think it was a prank, right? No. It was a prank. I don't understand why it's called a challenge, because you're literally just standing a broom up. That's not well, a challenge. Well it's hard to do. So. No, it's not though. That's the thing. It's really not. At well, all. they were trying to make it sound but like it was. It was like based on pseudoscience, right? 
Yes, exactly. So it, it, they were trying to, because you could theoretically do it with any new broom because of the, <laughs> Sean was explaining this to me like a fucking scientist yesterday. He was like, the center of gravity of the bottom of the broom uh, creates a distribution of the, whatever you call them, spritzers. The straw? What do you call the fucking shit that comes out of the Spritzers, they're spritzers. Nobody tell her. Nobody tell her. (laughs) What are they called? I don't know. I don't either. Spritzers. The The brush? brush? Like the brush? No, don't tell her, Jen. (laughs) Ainsley, do you know, like, is that answer? It said that it was one day of the year that, like, the planet's gravitational pull would keep it up. So you're supposed to explain it to the person with that, like, scientific way. And then they do it. And they're like, holy shit. But in reality, it can always be done. But yeah. apparently it goes back to years and years, and this happens every year. <laughs> every year people do the broom challenge. Pranked. Yeah, it's just have you ever been? <laughs> have you ever been fooled by a challenge before, or have you ever done a challenge? Yeah, I, I did I the was... thing where someone makes you put a bowl of water on the ceiling and then makes uh, you hold it with, up with a broom, <laughs> and then <laughs> who did that to you? You're trapped. <laughs> was that one of your brothers who did that to you? <laughs> no, actually. Oh. Might as well have been. <laughs> I fell for you know how CBC uh, it uh, had that segment and it was those two guys and they would make like they would make up stories but they do pretend interviews with people in small towns or something and it was all just like ridiculous stories but I caught the end of one and it was saying that um, one of the galleries in Ontario was um, giving the opportunity to high school students to finish some of the group of seven's unfinished paintings and it like blew up all over the internet so i thought it was true i was like holy fuck what you can't just like paint over a group of seven what the hell you're letting these like high school students do that but then it turned out it was just from this like farce show on cbc and i was like oh god yep fell for that fully that's very sad I um <laughs> I, I'm I'm trying to recall if I've fallen for certain <laughs> tricks. Did I, did I misunderstand that story? <laughs> yeah, your reaction was not proportionate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jenna. Go ahead. No, it's fine. I'm still trying to recall if I've fallen victim to one of these. I feel like I definitely have. I know. You guys have some off the top of your mind. Well, I spoke a challenge. Uh, no, no. Uh, I guess that's not like a like the cinnamon. I wanted to say something, okay? I have something to goddamn say since we're talking about space and NASA. Um, that's like related to social media, I guess. I feel like every every like three months, they're like, oh my god, the moon is in like a special phase, and this only happens once every ten thousand years. Well, like dumb horoscope so often. people. No, no, no! Well, it's like real things. stuff. It's like, oh, it's like a orange moon, or it's like, oh, a, yeah. it's like a super moon today. I'm like, it was a fucking super moon. Like, I feel like two weeks ago. Ten There's years something ago. special going and, on. Like, often it doesn't look different, and you just like nod at it. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah at first, I was like, oh, I gotta see this, right? Like, and I remember one time, I I think I missed it, and I was upset. But then once I started seeing these so-called special nighttime events was unimpressed fuck and the moon am I right <laughs> I'm all over it no Brayden no <laughs> Jess looking yeah, at me yeah. <laughs> she's so scared is, to disagree the moon is the woman's beating heart to disagree with me you're like <laughs> oh god this one's off the rails <laughs> I guess it's just a, like a thing to to mix it <laughs> I just I'm Jenna. I'm 
thrown off by this setup of how sorry. close we're sitting to like, one another. Yeah. Sorry. Um, no, I feel like it's giving people like something to look forward to in like bleak times. They're like, oh no, but wait, we still like have this natural thing that is so beautiful because we're like caught up in hell down here, you know? Yeah. Or hashtag broom challenge. Like our lives are all mediocre and shitty, so. We try to do a broom challenge. Drink. That's funny. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that I'm was thinking, a very like I'm evil just, cackle. I had one of you know that um, scene in Amelie where she's sitting there and then she thinks of all the different scenes of people orgasming or whatever. I was having one of those monologues in my heads, but just of different people and families in their homes balancing brooms. <laughs> <laughs> kind of beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> It, it is kind of nice how these hashtags like bring us together like yeah. just people all over like you said trying to make their broom stand up some of them failing <laughs> some of them doing well oh, did you guys um yeah holy shit you should be the spokesperson for broom balancing yeah broom challenge yeah did you guys well, see that um that uh photo that just won the wildlife photo of the year award or something and it's oh yeah ryan sent it to me and it's a photo it's- that this guy took on the subway systems in london of two mice fighting over a piece of food but it's so beautiful and you would not expect that to be beautiful but it's like holy shit it looks i fake. literally i burst out laughing because i thought that it almost looked like they were dancing and i thought it was fake yeah, I thought it was I would like to I see it too. Yeah. We'll post it on our Instagram. I guess I'll go check it out now. No, what should I we what should I search? We won't post that on our Instagram because that is a copyright photo. <laughs> oh, true. Oh, yeah, it does look fake. I heard an interview yeah. with the guy on CBC on my way home from school, and he just sounded so chill. He was like, "Yeah, well, you got to appreciate the little things in life, you know? You got to appreciate the little the little creatures because that's our wildlife here in London." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Would you still love him if he didn't have that English accent? Yes. <laughs> you really had to think about that one. <laughs> I'm glad you thought about it deeply, though. We were all bracing ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I know. It was like dead silence. And I was so worried. It wasn't even about my opinion anymore. I was like, what will please the most? <laughs> <laughs> That's very big of you to... <laughs> <laughs> um well another spicy not not a mouse but a frog oh, okay um hashtag jordan peterson Ugh. is a sick man he's such a sick he's a man, man who's sick. gone to russia to get better <laughs> people are talking about time. it i don't even know what this is happening what's happening jordan peterson uh last year his family announced that he's been dealing with a benzo addiction for <laughs> however many years now. I guess he was prescribed it for anxiety. Um, but then his daughter just posted a YouTube video two days ago giving an update because he's yeah he's been taken to Russia for special treatment like detox treatment. Uh, but basically she she wanted to clear like public opinions on exactly like what had happened because people were saying that. You know, like he has all these beliefs about how to live your life well and like he has weaknesses too and he's like unable to follow his own advice. But she came out with the YouTube video two days ago saying that her father experienced a rare but not unheard of paradoxical reaction, meaning that the benzos did the opposite of what they're supposed to do. And then she said that he was physically dependent but not psychologically addicted to it. Um... 
and he's going through a hard time. He is in a coma. Yeah. Ainsley, you didn't hear about this? Jordan Peterson, Canada's greatest <clears throat> intellectual. I honestly, whenever I see his name come up on any news, I just skip by it because I think he's honestly just a piece of shit. So. Yeah. It's funny because Sonia and I saw him when he was in the debate with Zizek in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And after that, I just thought of him as such like a smaller <laughs> man and not as important as mm -hmm. everyone has made him out to be. And I feel, I feel, I feel like, like he really lost a lot of merit. And I feel, yeah, I feel like he was all downhill after that. Yeah. He got his ass kicked by Zizek. Yeah. And um, even on his like subreddit, the, the top post after that was like, I'm beginning to doubt Jordan Peterson. <laughs> like he didn't come very prepared to this debate and he didn't know anything about about communism at all. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. This Russia thing is nuts because I, I'm, I'm not I'm unfamiliar with any sort of treatment that you could only get in Russia. <laughs> they just make you stand out in the cold. They're like, you sound in cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're like, OK, I, I'm better. <laughs> I mean, and then there's the discourse is all on Twitter is all like, well, fuck him and then his supporters are like excuse me like that's not very nice and i'm like oh my god this is so stupid like yeah there's all these yeah, people just saying well you know he deserves it and he had it come in and basically just wishing him very ill will and a lot of people are like what the fuck is wrong with all of you everybody goes through tragedies we're all human regardless of our opinions or political beliefs mm -hmm. He was making a lot of money. He had a lot of supporters. When you go into the public eye to that extent, you know, same thing I was thinking when I watched the Taylor Swift documentary. <clears throat> you're going to have your adoring fans and you're going to have your people who hate you. And you just got to, like, accept that and just focus on the people who support you. And you're making a fuck ton of money. So why do you care? I mean, I do feel bad for him about his wife or whatever. But has he said everyone... anything publicly about all this or has he just gone it... to Russia? No, he went to Russia. His Isn't he like fucked now? Yeah, I think like he's, he's neurologically damp. Like I think mm -hmm. he's fucked now. Oh. Like permanently? Yeah, I'm yeah. just looking at his Wikipedia. It says they put him in a medically induced coma. He he was neurologically damaged and unable to type or walk unneeded. What? Yeah, it, it got really bad because <laughs> Holy I guess shit. this paradoxical reaction they were talking about, and then coming off of the benzos was putting him into a state what was the word but it was like this state where you're unable to sit but then you're also like panicking and yeah. i guess that made him very suicidal and then it i don't know this, he's just his mind is blown up well that's like I, my ultimate fear i, won't miss him. I, I think about that so often like losing your mind yeah i think that's my number one fear for sure really so that's scary. interesting yeah, because i do not think about that at all Oh, I always do. I was like terrified growing up. I, I was convinced I would develop schizophrenia or mm -hmm. that because I knew the age of onset was older than I was at the time. Like <laughs> that is coming for me. I would like go through. I'm like yeah. traumatic experience at this age. Blah blah blah. Ugh. So I, yeah, I thought he was just addicted to benzos. I didn't know he got all like <laughs> went into a coma and shit. Like a, he was on just purpose a went into a, that was what the treatment was oh. a medically induced coma. What? And he picked up pneumonia from one of the past hospitals he was in that he also almost died from. 
So he's had a real hard go. Yeah, that's too bad. I don't really care. Like when when people are like, uh, no, like I mean, as a human, (laughs) I feel bad for him, and I don't. I never thought he was as bad as people said. Like I disagree with him a bunch, but when people were like, he's a white supremacist, or like he's he's a misogynist, I'm like, he's just kind of like a goofy like Kermit person, and uh, you know, some of the things he says is fun like intelligent and some of the things he says is whack like most intelligent people who say anything of value you know in order to be interesting enough half the shit you say is going to be like right on and half the shit you say is going to be like just way off yeah but uh i don't know people also wringing their hands over like what some more totally marginal people on twitter are saying about him is like it's like it's irrelevant like (laughs) any any public figure is going to have people saying that yeah. mean things about you like it's just it's part of it sorry well peace out boy <laughs> <laughs> we we I'm wish so you sorry. a safe return from uh russia jp he's not <laughs> coming back from russia like it's something tells me so he scary. will <laughs> <laughs> he's, in a coma. he's gonna make sure of it <laughs> i'm i am coming Ainsley. Mm. No, I no, can't do no, that. No, 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 no. I'm not even going to try. That was wild, Sonia. <laughs> was wild I thought I could do me. it because it's so distinct. The, the no, don't try sucked. again. <laughs> no. I appreciate that you tried again. It showed It's a beautiful quality, but I will yeah. yet again shut it down. I'll, I'll defend <laughs> your right to do it. <laughs> Oh, okay. <coughs> oh, yummy. Oh. Hashtag yummy. <laughs> um, so let's talk about what's going on with Tim Hortons. Timis. Sorry, I just had to say it like that, I guess. <laughs> so who um, wants to... Give us a lowdown, Tanya. <laughs> yeah, sorry, give us a lowdown. Well, first of all, they're not doing well as a company, apparently. You can tell because they change their menu every five fucking days. Because <laughs> I go there pretty much every day at work. It's the closest establishment but i swear they have a new menu item every day that can't be the sign of like a thriving business the sign of desperation yes and it sucks too because some of the shit that they had like do you guys remember tim horton's lemon loaf that no fucking delicious i was a big fan of that french toast breakfast sandwich thing they got rid of it devastating but it came back cinnamon Oh, wait, everybody be quiet and let Brayden say cinnamon again. Say it again, say it again, say it again. You say it first. Cinnamon. No, you did it wrong. (laughs) Cinnamon. There we go. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Okay, so you go to the same Tim Hortons every day because this one article that was talking about the downfall of Tim Hortons, like, I mean, it was when they were bought out by that. What, what, the Burger King company? Yeah. Yes, yeah. that company. And then there were all these other things. But then they also said that they attributed a lot of it to obviously the turnover of staff because of the really shitty um, wages that they're paid. But then they said that the customer experience, the customers really, they're losing customers because not, not just because their like marketing has like gone to shit and whatever, but it was because they're losing that day-to-day interaction where they know the person at the Tim Horton stand and they're like, hey, Tom, double-double today, great. It's like, Brayden, do you have that feeling or do you just not? Oh, no, not, I but literally like, couldn't name the gender of the person who yeah. I see every day. Like, I have no idea. I thought that was funny for some reason because I don't expect that no, from, from Tim, Tim Hortons. Hortons. No, and I, I never did. I, I, no, and I, I've never, like, 
I've never thought of Tim Hortons. I know people are up in arms because they think Tim Hortons was this homey, like down to earth place. Never I've was. never thought of it as that. It was. It was. Mm-hmm. It's very inherently Canadian, and brand their brand is Canadian, but still a chain restaurant. They're fucking I think, everywhere. I think it's very mm-hmm. different though, depending on where you live, because it's like the Timmy's here in Sudbury. I'll go to. I'll go to a Timmy's, and either I go through the drive through because I'm in a hurry, or if I do go in, it's like I don't give a shit. But in small towns, like I remember the one near Sobel and stuff, whenever I would go in there, it was always the same people chilling in there. It's like retired people or like families in the area. Everybody knew each other. But because it's such a fast food chain now and they are everywhere, you're never going to have that homey atmosphere again because you're in populated areas where people are just popping in and out. They don't care that it's that specific Tim Hortons because there's another one around the corner. But in smaller towns, there's only one, right? My mind is exploding with thoughts of Tim Hortons. <laughs> so the first thing is they they did talk about that, what you were saying, Brayden, in the article, how it's like a generational thing. And they're just like, apparently boomers were a lot more like Tim Hortons is like our, you know, hey, Jim, like comfy, right. like my homey place. But millennials obviously aren't like that. Zoomers definitely fucking aren't like that. What are so Zoomers? without the, the new ones... We call them Zoomers. Yes. That's yeah, like a yeah. way that they were referred to sometimes. But I they, um, like I mean, she's seen them zooming around. That seems like more of like an it's issue of the rise of capitalism in general. Yeah, no, that, no, for yeah. sure. But they were saying like they can't, um, they can't depend on that anymore. That's what was sort of carrying them because it's like sure. if the parents took the kids and it's like, okay, like a lot of people are still going in and they're on every corner but now that their coffee just fucking sucks and now that there's just like yeah. nothing like tethering us to them it's like just all falling apart their food sucks too it always it's has yeah, okay it's the only food that gives me diarrhea everyone always laughs about taco bell gives me diarrhea pizza hut gives me diarrhea mcdonald's none of that shit gives me diarrhea you know what gives me diarrhea <laughs> tim horton <laughs> <laughs> specifically the fucking uh, grilled cheese sandwich the, oh, the, yeah. the panini. Is, that's actually one of their better options. It is good, but guess what? I don't buy it anymore because no. their shit's all like feels microwaved. Like their chicken is just like their microwave is powdered mm-hmm. egg. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> they just but got you don't rid go of- there for the food. I think you go, you eat the food out of necessity. Yeah, you're already there. They just My- got rid of all the Beyond Meat shit too, which is kind of a shame. Cause... But they're bringing in almond milk. Sorry, what now? Almond what? I can't say some words. Two of them have come up in the last five minutes, which is unfortunate. But I'm I mean, one of you those can't idiots just, that says milk. But I mean, like, that's not really a good replacement for like meal items. Oh, you, no, can, you can't I don't get think, your I don't Beyond it, Meat sandwich. Here's some. I don't think milk. it was a direct response to that. But, but I, I saw people complaining about the Beyond Meat thing and being like, they're trying to appease us with the almond milk. They're not gonna fucking sell Beyond Meat if they're not making money off it. You can't just. No, yeah. yeah. It's it's not gonna happen. So people are kind of frustrated about that, and they're seeing it as they're so stupid for doing that it was clearly a very well thought out decision no, yeah for sure I, mean, I was just disappointed I mean, because that's what i eat there i was like oh darn sure yeah <laughs> i've just seen some response to that and uh, of like cor- it was like a personal yeah. <laughs> like against veganism or whatever yeah, yeah of course they would keep it there if they were making I, money off that's of good for a and w though because a and w carries the beyond meat stuff they do like the breakfast sandwiches and the burger and shit and it's way better than timmy's in my opinion so good for them I have a burning question. Is the car, you know, the cultural thing where everywhere at every Tim Hortons in a relatively small town. Sorry, I'll let you finish. No, no, no. Go. 
where the young men, sometimes not young, come and they bring their cars and they have like a car meetup in the oh, Tim Hortons right. parking lot. Yes. Is that like a Canadian thing? In my anecdotal evidence gathering, it happens everywhere I've been. Yeah. The, it's it's like, oh, what are the, like with the fancy cars, they go and just hang yeah, out around with their like cars. Their and there's like Honda Civics that have like blue lights underneath and like yeah, huge Yeah, and the honeys sit on the But do trunks. they do it in the U.S.? Oh, I, I don't know. I haven't that. seen it anywhere. That's in the what US. I'm curious about. Like, because it's always at Tim Hortons's. Yes. Maybe it's because they don't have loitering rules or something. Ooh. Maybe, yeah. Get to the bottom of this. <laughs> I remember <laughs> Did, did they all just countrywide come to the same like decision to all go to Tim Hortons? Because that's fucking some coordination that I've never seen. Yeah, I was going to say that's one of my most burning memories it, in my brain is like going in very stoned and not knowing how to handle weed as we discussed last <laughs> episode and then like seeing all those like grade 11 guys there and I wouldn't want to look at them in the eyes. It, it does kind of make sense because it's a public place that is pop. Like, uh, there's enough of them. So, uh, But it's I guess just I weird because it's the same type of person and the people yeah. who we saw when we were the same age as the people who hung out there, it's just like a different generation of them and it's I, so weird. It's like, why? Yeah, they're still there and they still kind of intimidate me when I go through the drive-thru. Mm-hmm. They, they play I, I don't frisbee want them to look at and me. Like, just... <laughs> It's like, how long can you hang out in a Tim Hortons parking lot for before you get bored? I don't get it. There's there's no limit. They've proven that for generations. <laughs> they can do that. Keep pushing it. Imagine if there was a uh, whole like underground like homelessness crisis with all those people. They were all living out of their cars. <laughs> I, I was just thinking um, with the Tim Hortons thing, I guess... I guess they're kind of piggybacking off the Canadian identity of being wholesome and polite and whatnot so they're all assholes (laughs) i guess they're just not able to piggyback off that Mm -hmm. not that that's even true about canada but that identity kind of sticks and that also goes into uh, how they introduced the loyalty program as well oh i hate that yeah i am a i'm a sucker for a loyalty program like i will go out of my way to go to stores absolutely i shop almost exclusively at shoppers for that reason even though it's more expensive that fucking card i get mad when they ask me because you don't even think about spending the money on coffee so why do you need the i don't know i was literally like shamed for not getting one because i went to the same tim hortons in the building that i worked at in toronto on university avenue and like I got the same girl every day and every day she'd ask me, she's like, do you want a loyalty card? And I was like, no, no. And after like the fourth time she served me, she's like, why? I just don't understand. <laughs> just get a card. Like, I really don't get it. Like I know. And she's like, you literally come in here every day. I see you. And I was like, I just don't know. I don't want one. I don't get bad with cards. And she's like, I just, I don't I understand why. I turning red. Yes, I was very red. And she wasn't like smirking or anything. She was very serious. <laughs> she wanted to know. She was like, What's wrong with this fucking woman? I I feel like Tim Hortons also isn't doing themselves favors because they clearly are in direct response to McDonald's, or Mm -hmm. at least I've noticed that because people always say, do you like McDonald's or Tim Hortons coffee? So I guess they're in direct competition. But you know how McDonald's started getting all those fancy, bougie-ass McDonald's where they have fireplaces and stuff? Then Tim Hortons kind of did the same thing. I don't know if it's in their best interest. Of course, they've thought this through to align themselves with McDonald's. I guess that's the product of being bought out by Burger King because, of course, they're not going to have the identity that they're not a chain anymore. Yeah, no, definitely. These are a lot of the mistakes, I agree, that they're making. And like you said, they can't run on the like old-timey home feeling because 
it just isn't there. No. Uh, if it ever was, it certainly isn't now. Now that they're all like franchised locations. Every, every time and- you go to a Timmy's too, especially when they're in bigger cities, they're just like a trash show too. There's just garbage all yeah. over the floors. Like chairs are in different places. There's like a couple of hicks in the corner and you're just like, holy shit, am I going to get shot or like infested with some sort of disease? Like they're not fun to go into in the city. Yeah, going back to the generation thing, um, like our generation and Zoomers, everyone's looking for like that quaint, unique coffee shop sure. with like stacks of books like and hipster like, yeah coffee exactly shops. what's up with the uh like is it true that mcdonald's bought their coffee coffee recipe or whatever and then that's yeah, when it started is that true some random McDonald's woman in my store really said good. that <clears throat> and i was like is yeah this no just i've heard that before <laughs> people no people have i've heard that before i don't know if it's true i couldn't find anything about it but i mean i do remember everyone really liking tim horton's coffee and then once i started drinking coffee i didn't give a shit because I didn't know the difference. But now that I know coffee better, I think Tim Hortons coffee is absolutely atrocious. It's shit. I drink it all day, every day, and I don't like it. It's, it's just <laughs> something I need to do <laughs> to sustain myself. It tastes like watery discharge coffee. It, it often, Ew, too, they all often have that, sorry, that watery taste you're talking about when it's clearly the, the end discharge. of the pot. Yeah. Um, they, they have that pretty frequently. Yeah. I drink like two or three a day and I'd say like one of three. That's, you, that's some science. You and Jenna both like just slam in the coffee. Uh, well, like, that is so uncouth. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? My work, my work is like directly beside a Tim Hortons and there's always someone going on a coffee run and I just am not able to say no to that. Mm-hmm. If someone's going to go I, buy I get them, that. I will take It can one. be like 11 p.m. and I'm like, I have to do it. This person, sure. this person is offering it now. I'm like, fuck you now. I'm drinking this coffee. Oh. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. Sad. But even sadder is the situation in Wet'suwet'en. <laughs> Oh I said that the most fuck? confidently too that I've yeah. ever said yeah. anything. And I know, and you literally <laughs> said "damn, damn, damn" before. <laughs> what the fuck? Just I don't happened. remember. Yeah. yeah, like I'm like I'm I I feel like I'm on another like dimension sometimes when I'm doing this. Ainsley, do you want to go off on this? <laughs> yeah, do you want to kick things off? <sighs> but and I'm gonna have yeah. some questions. So. Oh my god, I don't even know where to start with this because there's just so much shit going on right now. So pretty much in the past week from today, um, the court finally ruled against all the appeals that certain groups, certain indigenous groups and others were making against the pipeline going through in Canada and BC in in particular. Um, So they finally ruled that they were just tossing those out and GasLink had the go-ahead to do it so pretty much what's been happening in Canada right now is that the RCMP um, have moved into Wet'suwet'en territory and have taken down the road blockade and have arrested people and it's not going down well with Canadians there are protests across the country for this because it's unceded territory and um, the Wet'suwet'en people have claimed to that land. The government does not. So all across Canada, people are blocking the railways. Um, CN has shut down all trains on the eastern side of Canada. And Via Rail has canceled trains all across Canada. 
and there's been protests and sit-ins and rallies. So wait, why did they cancel the trains? Because people are like on the train tracks blocking, blocking the, tracks. the train. Oh, so they're just kind of like, fuck it, we're just gonna and not do train service because we can't type yeah. of thing. Well, because <laughs> we'll kill these. <laughs> well, no, I just didn't know if like someone fucked something up or they they were trying to like do some political no. stunt. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, because there's been um because there was an in, like it was passed or whatever that it was. Um, each province's responsibility to stop the protests on the train tracks because it's against the law or whatever, obviously. But certain provinces have taken down the camps. And in Ontario, they haven't. There's a huge one in Belleville on the train tracks, and they haven't um, shut that one down yet. Yet they've been given the go-ahead, so I don't really know what's happening with that. But, yeah, so... So, uh, what do you make of the, like, so my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong in anything that I'm saying. So the issue is that the elected chiefs opted to go forward with the proposal, but the hereditary chiefs, um, disagreed basically. And so it's kind of like a showdown between those two groups more or less yeah and like yeah pretty much but like at the end of the day um the only people who were consulted about the pipeline plans were the elected chiefs and the elected chiefs are not in charge of the entire territory of a certain area of a certain group of indigenous peoples they are only in charge of the reservation and the band so by not consulting the hereditary chiefs who are in charge of those things, it's just kind of a slap in the face and just kind of like, hi, we're going to go to the people who are in charge of areas that we instilled them to be in charge of when we created the in- Indian Act under colonial thought um, so that we <coughs> can get our way is essentially yeah. what's happening. Um, yeah, so, and but then things get complicated because even though the, the like, elected chief situation is, like, a result of colonialism, at, it, at this point it is what it is. Like, I was reading one yeah. guy, one indigenous man's, like, in, um, he was talking about it and he was like, yeah, it, that, that's true, but on the other hand, if you asked indigenous people... Like, do you want to get rid of that system? They would they would say no, probably no, because like at this point they are electing a representative and that also works well. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. And my understanding is that they recognize the authority of both the elected chiefs and the hereditary chiefs. Yeah, there's definitely Um, benefits to both and both um, focus on certain things like the the elected chiefs focus more on like the economy and the hereditary chiefs focus more on protecting the territory protecting the land kind of thing and obviously mm-hmm. that's not just like a blanket blanket explanation of what they do but it's just where both of them kind of lean towards and you can't really go forward with a construction project that is going to absolutely decimate an entire rainforest ecosystem without consulting the proper people before you do so you know and that's why it's such an issue right now because due process did not happen so um yeah so what i was reading was that they consulted with the elected chiefs and then i think they said they tried to consult with the hereditary chiefs but i don't know like what that means right like i don't know what the nature of the consultation was i don't know what they said to try to consult with them it's probably a very slack job yeah and also i mean i i don't know (laughs) i've read a few things that have said that the hereditary chiefs did 
um, send like the gasoline companies um, ulterior routes that the fucking pipeline could take and they completely disregarded it and was like no we're going here and also them wanting to reach out to hereditary chiefs but only talk about like a westernized point of colonial view in land rights and land ownership is something that a lot of the hereditary chiefs think is just completely pointless in itself you know yeah, I remember when I was uh, researching about the Ipperwash crisis that happened in like 1995 or something uh, with the whole like shooting of Dudley George. The It was like a peaceful pri- protest that turned violent. Anyway, but they were talking about in general when tr- treaties were made between indigenous peoples and colonialists. A lot of the time, for example, like the word land, obviously there's very different connotations from like a Western person's point of view, like the white man's as opposed to like indigenous people's. And that in itself, like the translation just doesn't work well. And there were other words that were used in the treaty that didn't translate the same way to the indigenous peoples as it did to mm. the like Western colonialists. Yeah. So and there's not a lot only, that's like fucked. Yeah, and not only language too, it's like intention as well. Like when, I forget what it was called, like the, I don't know, some like British North America Act or whatever, but it was when they came in and like, the British said, all of you people who are moving over to Canada, you have to consult with indigenous people and you have to make treaties so that we don't obviously run into like nine million wars. And when a lot of these treaties were made, indigenous people were like doing a handshake, you know, being like, yes, we can both work together. We can both use this land. We can both see the benefits for each other. But the people who were moving in there are obviously people from Europe who their point of view on land is like, I buy this land from you. It is mine now. Yeah. um, (coughs) One book that I read um, that I actually want to reread after we started talking about this was uh, it's called The Other Side of Eden. Um, by, uh, what's his name? Hugh Brody. Uh, have you heard of it? No. It's really good. It's, it's this Canadian who lived, um, with the Inuit for like decades and a little bit with the Dunza. And he just talks about, he, he lived with them for a really long time and he was, um, sent by the government basically to like consult with them and, and like advocate for them. And he did become like a huge advocate for, uh, indigenous rights and he talks a lot about the major cases in Canada that led to some of the different uh, disputes we're seeing today and uh, their sort of different cultural uh, just the way their culture works like the the way their language works and uh, the way they lived off the land and why that differs so much with the way that um, I guess Westerners lived and how that came to be a conflict yeah. Uh, his whole thesis is really interesting. It's he talks about like uh, hunter gatherers versus um, settlers, and um, hunter gatherers were always painted, I guess, uh, as people who like roam around, and settlers were painted as agriculturalists who like lived uh, in a place. Mm-hmm. But he's like, it's actually the opposite. It's the settlers who are constantly like trying to like kind of break boundaries and. It's nothing's ever enough for them and they conquer one area and they use up the resources and then they need to keep moving, moving, moving. Yeah. And it's always like, go, go, go. And they have like, and whereas it's the hunter gatherers who, although they don't like farm as much, they, they're the ones who kind of like are more tied to the land. 
Yeah. Um, and, and also he, he talks a lot about just kind of like what is lost in the human condition when we did make the change to modernity. And I really liked that because, I mean, it's true. I think most people with like rising rates of depression and anxiety feel the like great spiritual mm-hmm. crisis. <laughs> and um, we we just have like every little convenience um, being cared for. But it doesn't like there's just something human in all of us like dying as we rely ever increasingly on technology um anyway it's a lovely book (laughs) (laughs) i went on a rant there but i really really liked it and i really actually want to reread it yeah i think like a lot of the stuff too going on right now it's just like a very glaring divide in canada too. what's happening kind of like people are either for the environment and for like social justice and for equal rights and stuff or they're for the economy which has been a pretty big battle as of late especially in voting but i think that's really laid on the table right now i think i but i i I actually wouldn't put it that way and i i think that that's like a huge trade-off like in this situation that has to be acknowledged. And I think the other side has to be taken seriously because I when I was like reading some of the uh, some of the indigenous like pro pipeline stuff, mm-hmm. um, they were saying like, you know, we live in poverty and like that they, they've offered us like a, to invest in our communities. And like we think that it's worth the risk. Like we've declined past pipelines, but this one's natural gas. So it's different. Yeah. And like. I don't know, like, it's kind of like, what do we do moving forward? Because, like, it's unacceptable how Indigenous people live and so many of them do live in poverty. But then it's like, what what is to be done? Because we can, like, talk about colonialism, but that's an abstract theoretical concept. Mm -hmm. What do we do for actual humans? I I think you're totally right. And also, it's that part of the issue is that people speak of it in such a polarizing manner that to be on this side means you don't care about the environment or to be on this side means that you don't care about the economy. That means that people aren't listening to each no, other. I think it's just and what therefore you care a conclusion about more, came- not whether or not you care or don't care about the both, both no, of the sides. But so obviously I, people want to make money and not see the world catch I, on fire I, I know, at but, the same time. But, but just, just it kind of draws a point. Just the way you said it, I know you didn't mean it so polarizing, but that's the way people talk about things. And it's not just this issue; it's it's both sides of the political parties as well. It it doesn't allow for people to see both sides, and they do that on purpose, right? But even the way, even the way our language about it, it's yeah. always you either care about this or you care about the other. And like Sonia said, that's not a way to there has to be some sort of compromise yeah, and i'm like i'm from the point of view obviously like i'm in, in school for environmental studies and shit like i'm coming at it from a point of view where i don't think we should be building any new pipelines and i think we should be getting rid of all of our coal industry and everything and i think our entire economy and entire industry has to do a shift and it has to be now for the future of our planet because we can't just keep living on the same economic and industry system that we've been living on since the industrial revolution like it, nothing can work that well for this long like we're destroying I see what planet, you're saying you know? like there's, it needs to also, change it does need to change but also to come at it from such a radical point of view also is very difficult because that's not going to happen basically overnight 
No, and I that, know, obviously. That, that probably, but, like, you can't, like, what I'm saying is that there needs to be a progressive move towards that. Like, what Trudeau's doing and his plans and with the pipeline and everything, it's, like, all that, all that he wants to do is pretty much even out. But we're beyond that point right now. Like, we're in a climate emergency. You can't just be like, oh, we're going to destroy a little bit more, but then we're going to take the money that we get from destroying all this shit and put it back into a few green initiatives so that we just balance the scales. Like, we need to be going above and beyond in green and leave that other stuff behind because it's not the future and it's not sustainable and it's not doing any good for anybody or Mother Earth. Okay, but also from the point of view of, I understand where you're coming from, but also if going back to Sonia's point about people living in poverty, those people can't afford to think about the future of planet Earth. It's about how are they going to survive the next day. So I, I think it would become more complicated than, of course, as a human race, we need to change certain things, but there's also people that individually just need to survive. But yeah, but that's the thing too. It's like all of this, all of these jobs and the money that would come from the pipeline, if that money wasn't invested in a pipeline and instead invested in green initiatives and making green options more affordable for people, it would also open up the same amount of jobs and do the same thing for hum- humanity. But we're just not doing it because the big corporations like lining their pockets better with a system that's already in place, you know? I'm obviously very biased about this, but... <laughs> Did you guys see that um, the Canadian government is soliciting public opinions for the budget? I did one that. one of them so one of the like categories is in like indigenous issues so you can you know you can oh <laughs> tell the government God. what you think <laughs> um uh and then there's hold on like the, here's a sample question because i was going to take the survey but then it was too long so i didn't <laughs> have Plastic time about sums up one of the questions just for example to give you an idea have, have any of you looked at it yet no okay I have you heard of it, it. Yeah, it's like right before they do the uh, big budget of the spring. Well, I only I only ever looked at the provincial ones, but like, have they been doing this before? Yeah, yeah, they oh. always do pre budgets. Yeah. Oh, I didn't fucking know. Yeah. Jesus Christ, where have I been? I was like, oh, they're trying a new thing. Because they do like they do like a fall <laughs> economic statement, and then they do uh, yeah, they do the fall. Econ- Sorry, the producer came down. <laughs> the producer, what do you? The battery's okay. low. All right, all right. Um, go on, Sonia. <laughs> Go on. Um, so, like, here's an example of a question. Low. Just on the recorder, it's all good. So, uh, here's an example of the question: What are the most effective actions the government of Canada could take to help support reconciliation with Indigenous peoples? Choose as many as you like. Oh, a. God. Ensure that the Indigenous Languages Act is fully implemented. Blah blah blah. B. Develop a framework for repatriating First Nations cultural property. Blah blah blah. And it goes on like that. Um, so, and then I, I answered a few questions about like general household stuff. Like it was like, what's your greatest like household worry thingy? Is it like, how is it groceries or mortgage? And I was like, Hmm, I really wish I could pick more than one. And I was really torn between household and groceries. (laughs) (laughs) So, but then I decided mortgage and then another one was like, what do you like? What do you think is like a bigger problem? And it listed all this stuff. And I was like affordable housing, I guess. I don't know. What do you guys think about like crowdfunding? funding or crowdsourcing these like opinions on the budget i think it's very beneficial yeah i think it seems seems good all around Mm -hmm. i'm sure there's gonna be some logistical issues but it's uh, yeah i mean like it all comes 
there's the online portion and then i know that members also hold a bunch of pre-budget consultations as well like whether it be in their constituencies where they get like stakeholders um and other constituents who like come together and then they gather information from them as well and then they submit that too it's it's almost seems so logical that why have they not already done that? <laughs> well, I was just saying, but apparently they've been, how long have they been doing this uh, for? I'm pretty sure I'm just it's, dumb. it's a, No, I was like, <laughs> I was like, guys, this new thing is happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's been a practice for a while, at least like for the almost two years that I've been working in the government. Yeah, you're knee uh, deep in it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's worth getting people, now that the internet's a thing, it's like, why not just get everyone online and p- giving their input? Yeah. So I guess ne- next up, maybe we'll talk about the teacher strike because that's also a very that's pressing a can of worms. And yes. also next week's episode will all be together. It's going to be a very Ooh, special yeah. episode. Yeah. I was I was We're a little thrown that. off at the beginning of this episode because like Sonia, your face was so close to mine. We're sharing a mic and then Brayden was here too. And I feel like I haven't been in your presence for a while. Well, Jenna just faces me during the podcast and looks very apprehensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what are you going to do next kind of face? <laughs> and then have- as always, continues to exist between the airwaves. Yeah. yeah. Do we have an absolute unit of the week? Um, yeah, because I had a backup unit, but I-, I was hoping you'd have like a Sudbury unit or... Brayden, maybe you know an absolute unit of the week? Oh, no. Personally, maybe. There haven't been many, but... <laughs> like, Sudbury crime units of the week. <laughs> so I had this a, backup. There was just one guy, but it wasn't that interesting. The only weird thing that happened in Sudbury is that they're trying to, like, this group came forward and was like, yeah, we should make a World Trade Center in Sudbury. And it's, like, all over the news and shit. And everyone's like, why do we need a World Trade Center? And they were like, yeah, the Sudbury City Council just has to come up with $10 million and then we'll all be in it together and it's good to go. And it's like, look the fuck around, buddy. All the roads are cracking in half. You have, like, homeless people and drug addicts sauntering around. Like, I don't think World Trade Center is on the priority list for Sudbury right now. What What the fuck <laughs> is a World Trade Center? Like, what does it I do? I don't even know. I do not even know. I looked it up. They said they're like, well, if, it, if we build one in Sudbury, it'll bring a whole, like, 20 full-time jobs. Yeah, and like it'll cost, like, however million many. $65 million. Dollars. Yeah. Like- but I guess it's, like, about establishing trade relations and, like, being more connected and giving... Like, how, 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 how do you feel about like being more connected in like Toronto and stuff? Yeah, good there was one it. in New York too until you know who. Oh my God. <laughs> took care of that. <laughs> 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 Apparently, they're also taking down the giant smokestack in Sudbury. What's that? Um, a, a smokestack. <laughs> That is giant. I actually don't know what a smokestack is. Oh. It's those big, tall, cigar-looking things that smoke comes out of. You know when you oh, drive into Hamilton yeah, yeah, and it yeah. looks like shit? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did not know that that's they what that got was called. Rid of, Thank they, you. Like, a lot of them in Sudbury aren't working anymore because Sudbury used to be like a huge like manufacturing place. That's why... like all the land here is decimated but they did regreen but anyway that's beyond the point um a lot of them are that's why there's so much poverty because manufacturing is dead yes and so the the robots are taking over and soon all of us unless you're participating in the knowledge economy are going to be thrown into a dumpster i don't even know how to go on (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, we really got to wrap this up. So the absolute unit of the week is the Sudbury World Trade Center. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
We can't wait to see how our unit blossoms into a uh, an actual person. Uh, what's a larger version of a unit? Uh, um, uh, a collection. Uh, a lab. <laughs> <laughs> a collection book. Collection of a unit. A collection of unit. <laughs> not, not plural. <laughs> it's still one unit. Yeah, but, but he's a grown. collection. No, 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 no. <laughs> What is bigger than a unit? A bigger unit? One. Yeah, something like that. Okay, we'll figure it. We'll chat and we'll figure it out. We'll think about it. We'll get okay, everyone. I don't know why I wanted to do this. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Have a great week and stay, stay, uh, Stay warm. It's fucking cold warm. out. Yeah. Oh, it's the coldest day of the year. We didn't even talk about the weather. Oh, fuck. And it was actually noteworthy. Guys, it's oh, man, minus it was 34 so cold. with wind chill here. Minus 34! Wait, I didn't know this was the coldest day of the year. Wow. I didn't know that either. Poor Brayden was waiting with the bus. Yeah, because it's the perihelion. Yeah. <sighs> Almost died today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <What>? Sayonara. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.